Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jameel Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. All homebrewers have a favorite commercial beer, but not everyone can make it. Welcome to the show that teaches you how, where you can challenge two masters, Jamil Zainashev and Tasty McDole. This is the Jamil Show. Can you brew it? Now here's Jamil. Yeah, this is the ninja version of the Jimmy <laughs> Show. <laughs> Stand back, everybody. We're dangerous. <laughs> oh, hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. I'm here with my uh, my good buddy, Tasty Juicy McDole. I'm here. Yeah, uh, you know, Plisse was in uh, was uh, uh, going to join us for this, but then uh, you know he's he's got a life. Uh, unlike you and yeah, I, yeah, much more interesting than mine, I'm sure. Yeah, so uh, so it's just you and I, and uh, well, well, you know, uh, we have no other place to be, I guess. We we had planned to end this show back, uh, you know, once we were done with all the styles, and so uh, to his credit, uh, you know, he was he was there for all of those. I wasn't there for a couple of them, but uh, Plisse <laughs> was there for every single one of them, and uh, you know, we had planned it, so he he's made plans for his own uh, winery, apparently. So good uh, for him. Uh, and uh, yeah, we wish him the best of luck. Uh, as we wish our great sponsor, Northern Brewer, who uh, has signed up to to keep this show going. Wow, that's is, nice. uh, is keeping the the Jamil show uh, firing on all cylinders, bringing you this quality programming hey. <laughs> with with actual cash dollars. Huh? Yeah. Huh? How about that? Real so, American uh, money. <laughs> yeah, and if you uh, get a chance, I, I I always encourage everyone to support their. Uh, local homebrew shop because that brings in more brewers into the into the fold. But uh, I'm sure everybody can find something at northernbrewer.com that you can't find at your local shop that you could certainly use. Uh, you know, support those people at northernbrewer.com because they support us. Uh, and let them know that uh, you uh, are are supporting them because uh, they support us, and that uh, it's all a mutual thing. Uh, they're good people there, and uh, it'd be nice to to give them some support. Speaking of support. Have you heard about the fires in Australia? I have. It sounds pretty bad. Yeah, I went to Australia back in October. I know. uh, For their first national uh, homebrew conference out in Melbourne. And out around Melbourne, uh, you know, some maniacs set some fires, killed uh, a couple of hundred people. Wow. Thousand homes gone. Uh, You know, this is one of the worst tragedies ever in Australia. And, uh, you know, they're just reeling from this. And uh, a lot of good people. I don't want to be a downer about this, but, uh, you know, it's really bad things have happened to some really good people. There was even a brewery that got burned down. So uh, I would really appreciate it if people could go. I went to um, www.redcross.org.au. So that's the Australian uh, Red Cross site. Mm -hmm. And what you're looking for is... um, Victorian bushfires, and uh, they have a special link there. You go to the Victorian bushfires, and you can contribute. They don't take a penny; it all goes over to help uh, uh, deal with this this terrible tragedy there. So, uh, I hope and I pray that you can uh, find in your hearts, even in these tough economic times, to you know, twenty bucks, whatever you can spare, ten bucks. It's real easy. You do a credit card online. That's how I did it. It's safe. It's all secure. And uh, just send a little love uh, down under because those guys, uh, uh, whether you realize it or not, are big supporters of the U.S., big supporters of, uh, uh, you know, the brewing scene here. And, uh, you know, they're kind of kind of our, our brothers and sisters uh, down under. And if, if you've ever met any of those guys, you realize uh, how wonderful they can be. So uh, take a take a, a chance to go to www.redcross.org.au and uh, look for the Victorian brush fires and uh, contribute. And if you're contributing, it's Australian dollars. So actually, you can look like a big shot for less. <laughs> all right. So uh, 
We yep. all like to do that. that a roll. <laughs> so this new show, this is actually, we used to talk about styles all the time. Now what we're doing. Hell with styles. Hell with styles. That's what we're commercial brewers now. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and what we're going to do is, uh, you know, everybody's got favorite beers that they just love. <laughs> and they're, you know, as, as good a brewer as they are. Oh, they, yeah. you know, keep buying, uh, you know, six pack after six pack of these beers. I got several that I really love. That oh, yeah. I, I just don't have time to be troubled trying to figure out how to brew these beers. Well, their summer too is too good. You can't brew them yourself, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And but you know, if somebody would give it a shot and uh, you know figure it out, yeah. then uh, it'd be really great because right. we'd have a, a, a true clone brew recipe. Right. So what this show's about is people will. Uh, uh, email or call in, and uh, will tell us what uh, what kind of beer they want us to uh, clone. What commercial example? From that, we'll do all the legwork. We'll go out. We'll uh, hunt down the brewer, talk to them. If they won't speak to us, we'll uh, we'll beat them up. We'll beat them up. Yeah. We'll we'll use our other sources and powers yeah, of guys. investigation. We yes. know some guys that know some guys right. that can give us a little bit of background dirt. Exactly. You know, stuff that may not be readily available to the public. And uh, <clears throat> we'll put together a recipe, and then we'll brew it. This isn't something where we just come up with a recipe and go, oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. We're going to brew uh, this thing. Yeah, we're more, more than that, yes. And we're going to compare it side by side blind. Right. And uh, based on that blind uh, taste test, we're all going to vote on whether or not we've actually cloned it. If we, if we have... Great, you know. Then we're then we're all set, and we give you the recipe and all that. If we haven't, if we've missed on some aspect, we'll go over the recipe. We'll talk about what would we would change to try and bring that more in line. And um, if uh, if uh, we're we're off, what we'll do is we'll revisit this. We'll yeah. keep working until we get these things cloned. Now that may mean we have a bunch of at the end of the year. We got like twenty <laughs> different beers that we're still trying to clone. Or maybe we only got a few. I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll see how well we do. We're, well, we're you know, you guys out there will hear our problems. You know, if we're, we were saying things like, well, we just can't get it to get this certain flavor. Right. Maybe you could email us, or you know. Uh yeah, maybe you guys can help two, us. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. If you've right. got any recipes or beers that you've cloned or you're you're real close and yeah. missing that last Doing step, better let, than we are. You know, well, let us know. Yeah. Uh, and the, the most important thing is we're going to be honest with you. Yeah. We're going to, you know, there, there's never been any any lying going on at the Bruin Network. That's, that's just not the way Justin rolls and everybody here understands that. So we'll tell you what, how we do, and instead of just blowing smoke on some recipe that sounds like it's going to be close, <laughs> we'll let you know yeah, whether we did or not. It's, it's, okay, it's okay to fail around here. I mean, just look at Justin. I mean, there's there's your there's your poster boy for failure. He's my middle out, name. He's working out of his garage. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't very nice of my mother to make that by middle name, but she did. Right. <laughs> well, and, and Justin, what what's our challenge today all right your inaugural challenge and by the way you can send all your challenges to can you brew it at the brewing network.com that's where these go and the guys uh, goes directly to tasty and jameel so they check them out make a whole list of them and we will be getting through these things so if you've got a beer that's where you send it can you brew it at the brewing network.com our first challenge came in from kevin peters who is a big fan of moostrule and he actually has already begun starting to clone the beer himself. And he had a recipe. He sent it in to Jamil to find out if he was on the right track, what he was doing right and what he was doing wrong. So Kevin's question for you guys, your challenge today, Big Sky Brewing Company and Moostrule, can you brew it? Well, and you know, Moostrule is actually one of my favorite beers. That's a fine beer. I love it. It's I, a I, classic I, example of the American Brown Ale, I believe, yes. Right, from the BJCP style. Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Always check it out when I get a chance. Well, and and uh, as Justin mentioned, uh, Kevin sent me an email, and he was asking, well, you know, what do you, what do you think about, uh, you know, brewing moose rule and all this? And, you know, do you, uh, do you know, you know, anything about the recipe? And he actually uh, contacted uh, uh, Big Sky and got a recipe from them mm-hmm. and, and, uh, we went through it and uh, gave it a shot, and I uh, got some pretty good stories to tell about uh, our brew day. And uh, I even uh, contacted um, Big Sky and talked with the head brewer and uh, got some interesting details about how to brew this beer. Right. So uh, we'll take a short break, and when we come back, uh, you'll hear that interview. 
Okay, so my double IPA has an ABV of 7.5 and a clarity of brilliant. So that's a plus 8. I pour it. Sorry. Looks like she found it unpalatable. Ha! Shut up, Doug. My creek gets a plus 10 versus girls because it's a fruit beer. You can't open the bottle, and she walks over to the guy with the Pinot Grigio. This sucks. Ugh, I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. What's this? Non-Alcoholics Anonymous? Dude, get out of here. We're in the middle of a brew session. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Have you ever been called upon to explain why it's named India Pale Ale? Do you burp Y-Yeast 3522 and crap Cascade? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs. Ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the Tongue Splitter. I've got dry hops stuck in my braces. And the burp. And barrel porter. Now on tap in the Mose Eisley Cantina. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah. White Labs. It's all in the vial. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Now back to the challenge. Can you brew it? All right, we're back. I'm all jazzed up. I'm I'm pumping with the bumper. (laughs) Well, and one of the things... um, when we uh, went about to brew this, uh, uh, Chris White actually came over. Whitey was you had to call for reinforcements? Yeah, uh, yeah. well, I wanted, yeast I wanted the, the blessing of the, the yeast master, oh. the yeast Jedi, the yeast uh, well, uh, Yoda there. pulled all the stops. Absolutely. And we even, uh, so it's like Saturday at, uh, oh, I don't know, like Saturday afternoon, and we're calling uh, Matt Long out at uh, Big Sky. You know, get up on the phone. He's like, uh, who, are, who are these people calling? We're brewing uh, Moose Drool. And, uh, bunch of Yahoo's making a beer and want some advice. Huh? Yeah. What about this? What about that? He's a, he's a great guy. Really wonderful. And uh, he took the time to uh, do a, a real nice interview with us. And uh, uh, gave me a lot of tips. So uh, here's the interview. I'm here with uh, Matt Long, head brewer at Big Sky Brewing Company, Missoula, Montana. Uh, thanks, Matt, for, for joining me on the phone. And uh, I wanted to tell you how much I enjoy all of the Big Sky beers that I've that I've tried. I've uh, uh, We can get quite a few of them out here in California. And uh, probably my two favorites are the, uh, the Scapegoat Pale Ale and the uh, Moose Drool. Moose Drool is probably my favorite of, of your beers. I even have a, a Moose Drool t-shirt. That's how, how much of a fan I am of that beer. Excellent. Well, we appreciate it. Yeah, well, I appreciate the uh, all the great beer. Uh, tell us about uh, you know a lot of our listeners uh, may not be familiar with uh, the lineup of Big Scry- Big Sky or, uh, or or all the beers you do. Can you tell us a little bit about the the different beers you brew? We do. Uh, we have four um, year round offerings, and then we have two seasonals. Um, in addition to that, we have a couple of bridge brands that are kind of hard to find, but uh, I can go through them. Um, uh, we've got we start out with the Trout Slayer, um, which is a kind of a light uh, summer type of ale, mm-hmm. uh, and then we have the Scapego, which you mentioned, which is a pale ale. Um, Moose Drill is a brown ale. And then we have IPA um, that's a year-round offering that's uh, you know, full dry hopped uh, West Coast-style IPA. 
Um, and then the seasonals, we do a uh, summer honey um, for the summertime. It's a light beer brewed with honey and some uh, some of the traditional type of spices that you would find in a wit beer, um, and it's it's filtered. All our beers are filtered mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> for the purpose of distribution because we distribute in 20 states. Um, and then Powder Hound is our winter ale, and that's... Uh, along the lines of a traditional English-style strong ale. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we do these bridge brands, which uh, we have a uh, oatmeal stout um, that we released uh, just um, 2,000 cases in... uh, in the what are we coming into the spring so that we did that one in the fall um so it was kind of a bridge between the uh, summer honey and the powder hound and then we just did a robust porter uh as well that was um it's kind of a prelude to kind of fill the gap before the summer honey comes out and then we do have a line of uh 750 milliliter bottle condition bottles that we do um I uh, I picked up a uh, bottle of I guess it's the smooth cherry or oh yeah good well that must be did you just get that recently yeah or? I just I just found it at the uh, local Bevmo uh, the other cool. day and I haven't tried it yet I'm, I'm saving it for when I that's I'm... one of them yep that's the one for February that's a uh, um, a strong cherry ale that. Uh, yeah, that's almost nine. We weren't allowed to call it strong, so we had to call it smooth. <laughs> um, and uh, we get we have a local cherry harvest here, so we get a local uh, organic cherry for that. Um, use the real fruit, um, and then st- st- starting in the fall in November, we have uh, Imperial Stout, Ivan the Terrible. We have a, uh, and, and then in um, December we do a Beer de Noël which is a Belgian-style strong dark ale. Um, and then we, in January, we have a barley wine that comes out, and then that cherry beer in February. So there's quite a bit of things that we try to do on a regular basis, and then we have, you know, if you're fortunate enough to get to the Missoula and to come into the tap room, you might find something that we've just brewed in very small quantities and usually only gets sold here, but... Uh, that's pretty much the lineup. Sounds like a uh, a must uh, visit destination, Missoula. Yeah, you know, since the tap room's there, it's uh, it sounds like uh, something I'm going to have to put on my list. Yeah, so, it's fun, and we've got you know, there's two other breweries in this town as well. So, wow, not to mention quite a few within a you know a sixty mile radius. So we've got some breweries around here. All right. And is Moose Drool your most popular, or is one of the other beers? Yeah, that's uh, definitely the big one. Yeah, and we we get uh, a whole bunch of requests for uh, uh, cloning uh, Moose Drool, so it's it's probably one of the top requested uh, clones of that we've been asked for so far. I could imagine. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's about seventy percent of what we we produce. Wow. That's that's definitely the most popular. Well, and, you know, I think a lot of people are interested in giving it a try just because, oh, it's an unusual name. You know, it it sounds like it might be interesting. People give it a shot. And then, uh, you know, once they taste it, they realize what a great beer it is. And I think, uh, you know, once you've had it, then then you're kind of hooked. And, uh, you find yourself trying that, and then any other uh, Big Sky products. I think that's kind of how how I came into it and uh, tried to, all the various products that I could get my hands on from you guys. Well, so, you uh, hit the nail right on the head with that description. Yeah. So, uh, and I think a lot of times there's there's fancy marketing on beers, and you know, interesting names and things like that. And then you try the beers, and it's you know the beer doesn't quite live up to it. I think uh, in this oh, case, oh, I agree. Uh, you know, it's a great beer. You could call it anything, and it's still a great beer. You know, it, 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 the clever. There's name definitely a, definitely a lot of overrated beers out there. That's for sure. I'd like yeah. to think that Moose Drill is not one of them. 
But, you know, what I like about all your beers is they're so drinkable. You know, they, mm-hmm. no matter anything else on it, you know, they're, I can just, I can drink, uh, you know, <laughs> a lot of your beer. <laughs> or some, some beers out there, you know, you, you just, uh, you find yourself just, uh, I don't know. Uh, satiated after after one, and you can't drink more with uh, your products. I find myself wanting another as soon as I'm done. And uh, well, that's and, what we strive for. We like to drink them just as much as everybody else, you know. <laughs> so, so, what's your favorite of of the beers you make? Oh, I don't know. It just depends on the season, you know. Right now, I'm liking Powder Hound a lot, and we are almost out of it. Um, I like that robust porter. Um, I always come back to Moose Drill, it seems, no matter what the season is. But uh, I'm sure pretty soon here, coming up, I'll I'll be drinking Summer Honey and Scapegoat more. And, you know, and then the IPA is just one of those things, too. It's it's just a mood thing, you know. Right. Well, I've, I find myself drinking, uh, I can drink Moose, Moose Drill in the winter. I can drink yeah. Moose Drill on 4th of July. And I tell you, it gets to be like 110 out here. So... Oh yeah, I find it works uh, in either form. Yeah, well, look at Guinness. You know, I mean, right? That's that's darker beer than Moostrel, and I think that's what people's people's big turnoff is the color, and they don't realize that it can be just as refreshing no matter what color mm-hmm. the beer is. Yeah, well, that doesn't the, play as much a factor into the drinkability aspect. The thing I like about Moostrol is that uh, you know it's got a slight sweetness to start, but it's not too sweet. It's just enough that uh, you know it, it's refreshing, yet uh, you know it's substantial enough that uh, you know you you drink it in the winter too. Yeah, the hops definitely come in there after the that initial upfront sweetness. Well, and it's it's chocolatey, but not uh, overly chocolatey either. It's it's kind of got a uh, a chocolate note and a and a good uh, background maltiness as well, uh, mm-hmm. that I that I find uh, very very pleasant. Nice balance overall. I think we get a nice uh, kind of a bready character as well from our yeast strain that we use, uh-huh. which also plays into that flavor profile. Now, you're willing to share some. Uh, some secrets with us here on uh, brewing moose drool? Sure, because <laughs> that's what the listeners want. They want they want, they want to know how to make this this uh, great right. beer. Um, might as well down to it. Okay, so for the for the base of the of the malt bill, uh, what are we talking here? Uh, like a domestic two row? Yes, yep. pale malt, American pale malt, and. Uh, uh, yep, we get uh we um all our malt is grown in the you know, the main malt growing region in the US, the Dakotas, uh, Montana, Idaho. Mm-hmm. Um we try to get as much from Montana as possible, but it just depends on the weather. Um, um you know, what kind of conditions the crops are given. Um but yeah, domestic two row pale is is what we mostly use there. Okay, and then uh, uh, chocolate malt, some uh, crystal, like uh, 80, and then uh, yep. some black patent, right? Yeah, just a handful of black. Just for okay. Fun. So, uh, pale malt, uh, 87%, chocolate malt, maybe uh, 3% or a little less than that. Uh, maybe the chocolate and the black patent together make up about three percent, and then uh, maybe a ten percent crystal malt. Uh, let's see. Yep, chocolate and black would be add up to about three percent, and then the rest would be the crystal. Yep. Okay. That would give you your your color. Right, and a surprising amount of uh, chocolatey flavor without being over the top. Least in this, yeah, this, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, and when you say that, you know, I mean, it might be um, a little bit similar to the chocolate you eat, but none of that actually comes from the the malt. It's just a mm-hmm. regular malt that's been that's right. been roasted. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a, so it's a 
a nice balance between the, the, the caramel sweetness of the crystal malts, and you add that roasted grain uh, character to it, and it kind of becomes chocolatey uh, yeah. in, in nature. Without being too bitter, I think that's what that crystal is key for, having that sweetness. 10% in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can get all your co- you can get the same color beer without using any of that crystal malt, mm-hmm. but then you might, you know, if you're using too much of the chocolate and the black, you might get kind of a tannic bitterness that you don't really want. A more acrid from. Yep. Character. Okay. Yeah. So the so, crystal definitely kind of smooths it all out. Those being our ratios, uh, we're we're striving for uh, a starting gravity of. Uh, 1052 or or just uh, shy of 13 Plato. Yep, that's right. And uh, IBUs uh, on the on the bottom of the uh, of your six packs, it gives some good information. That's one of the tips if you're if you're trying to clone clone people's beers. You know, look at their websites, look at their uh, their six pack holders, things like that. And uh, you guys have a good website too, I must say. And on the oh, on the on the bottom of the six-pack holder, it says IBUs uh, 26, SRM 38, and uh, ABV is 5.1. And uh, those are all measured values, right? Yes. Yep. We uh, measure all that stuff in the lab here. Uh, we've got some specialized equipment, so we make sure that we're reporting those numbers accurately, and we want to... You know, with a beer like Moostrel, we want it to be as consistent as possible. Mm-hmm. So people people expect it to taste a certain way, and that's what we why we have all that equipment. <laughs> yeah, I've never gotten a, a bad Moostrel. Uh, well, good, thanks. very consistent, and uh, you know, good shelf life. I'm, I'm very pleased. I, yeah, because every once in a while, some some breweries you'll you'll get a bad bad bottle of something. You'll be kind of surprised, but uh, it's all yeah. Been, fresh and uh, I really enjoy it so I'm kind of excited about doing this one I don't really know you know I know what, I don't know what too many other people do but we we have the analytical equipment and then we also do uh, uh, we do a lot of plating in the lab looking for mm-hmm. um, bacterial contaminants and things that bugs and things that aren't supposed to be in the beer so uh, we're very diligent about that and keeping our yeast strain clean and pure, and all those things lead to consistent product. When you started out uh, convincing the owners that they needed a, a QC lab, and you were going to head it up, is that is that correct? When you started, well, that was my angle. Yeah, back in the day when we started, it was my my angle. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you've always had a, a an interest in. Uh, uh, quality, it seems. Yeah, that's my background. I have a degree in microbiology, mm-hmm. so it helps to understand all those things. And luckily, I'm at a place that there, there is uh, we pay a lot of respect to those issues, and it definitely helps um, helps to give us the quality product. Mm-hmm. So now, for uh, a brewery our size, I think we've got a pretty nice. Uh, Nice quality control program. Mm-hmm. I think it shows in the beers. Uh, now on the hops, doing a yep. little research, um, yep. came up with uh, three three hops, uh, and I think it, it even mentions on your website: uh, uh, Kent Golings, uh, Liberty, and Willamette. Correct. And uh, so it doesn't mention what the order is. I think. Um, I think uh, you know. Again, through through the research that I had, uh, Goldings was uh, going to be the bittering hop for this. Yes, a sixty minute edition for the Goldings, and then uh, the interesting thing is the the which comes later, Liberty or Willamette, and maybe it's a blend of of later hopping there, and having uh, you know smelling the hops. Tasting some moostrol, smelling the hops, tasting some moostrol. I ended up going uh, uh, with Willamette a little earlier in, and then Liberty as the finishing hop. 
Um, we do the Liberty. There's actually two Liberty editions and one Willamette edition. Mm-hmm. So the Liberty is kind of, you were correct in the finishing because we do that as kind of a dry hop. Um, it's not dry hopped in the fermenter, but, um, you know, depending on what kind of system you're working with, uh, would depend on when you would add it. But we add it at, at the end of the boil, mm-hmm. so it doesn't actually get boiled at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so you super low utilization and just to get some aroma mm-hmm. and flavor. Um, and then we add a Willamette addition um, five minutes before the end of the boil. Mm-hmm. And then we have a Liberty addition prior to that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Willamette's kind of sandwiched in between there mm-hmm. in the end, in the flavor and aroma additions. Okay. The, the beer was initially intended to be, and I, kind of a lot of our beers are this way, where we have this start out with this traditional English style recipe, and then we'll use some non traditional hops or methods, or you know, even with the the grain bill to kind of give it a our own signature, um, you know. And a lot of these end up being sort of hybrids between the the West Coast style of beers, which started to be very hoppy and, you know, very extreme, and then the traditional styles, which a lot of them, quite frankly, are kind of bland and boring, you know, if you brew them to exactly the spec. So we're trying to kind of mm-hmm. get something in the middle, where, and that's what lends to the drink, drinkability, I think, to go mm-hmm. too far in one direction, too, too far with you know, too many hops or the wrong kind of hops, then you you end up getting something that's hard to drink more than one of. So it's kind of well, the goal. I think uh, Moose Rule is listed as one of the uh, BJCP classic examples of the, uh, I guess, American brown ale style. Yeah, that's cool. I I have a hard time whenever you mention the BJCP and anytime we enter it into a contest, we have a hard time putting it somewhere because mm-hmm. it's kind of uh, it kind of walks the line between several different styles but it's nice that you mentioned that I I didn't know that so maybe that's where I should be entering it I think <laughs> I have in the past with the American style browns but then you notice a lot of them just have a big you know, more of a just a dominant hop presence than, right. and the malt doesn't come out as much. Well, so, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that there's, you know, there's a range, and uh, you know, this uh, may not be as massive on the hop range, but it's, you know, it's great in the uh, in the malt range, and there is there is still plenty of uh, hop character in there that I think makes it a, a valid uh, American brown. All right, so uh, oh, I neglected to, to get into mash temperature, but uh, I think what we used oh. was uh, 154 Fahrenheit. And, yeah, you uh, can. I mean, it just depends on how uh, the system what you want to do. I mean, if you want to try to get a little bit more attenuation, mm-hmm. you can go a little bit cooler. We like to get it down into the, um, you know, around the three degree Plato finishing gravity. Mm-hmm. even a little bit lower, but the key is just to have it attenuate as much as it potentially can. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're, you know, if you're able to accurately judge that 154, I, you know, as a homebrewer, I might even try for more like 152, so if you have a little bit of a, a mistake or something like that, then you're going to be sh- sure to end up with something that's not too sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't want it finishing in the in the fours by any means, because then you're you're kind of going to have this artificial artificial sweetness from the unfermented sugars. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the yeast uh, uses uh, the Fuller's uh, yeast. Yep, Fuller's okay. strain. Yeah. So uh, what I would use is, uh, I guess, uh, maybe. Uh, uh, White Labs and Y Yeast have uh, a similar yeast. I happen to have some uh, tubes of uh, White Labs WOP002, which is their English ale, which I think is uh, very similar uh, to that that uh, product as well. 
Yeah, those can be easily uh, cross-referenced. Um, I think I've done search. You can do a search for something like White Labs versus Y East, and someone went to the trouble of cross-referencing. Would you know which one goes to what type of thing? Um, yeah, there's a pretty good uh, chart on MrMulty.com of uh, cross oh, okay. between those two. So you know more about it than I do. <laughs> yeah, I don't so check that out. Yeah, it's. I know uh, with ours. There's several. I've. Uh, I keep. Uh, I keep the strain here in the lab, and we propagate our own yeast, and mm-hmm. um, it probably has somewhat changed over the years. But mm-hmm. if it were to mutate to the point where it wasn't performing properly, then uh, I would have to get some more from somewhere but it you know when it it's been in this environment for so long that it probably has taken on a little bit of its own character but um, inevitably every several times a year we start over again from that master culture so we don't want it to stray too far from what it's supposed to be you know we don't want it to evolve too much so it probably is going to be fairly similar to those strains that you mentioned and what about fermentation temperatures? Uh, we like to go like around seventy degrees or so with that. Mm-hmm. Um, we like to give it a good two-day diacetyl rest mm-hmm. at the end. You know, when you're done with your fermentation, it's and I know in the homebrew level, it's more difficult to control your temperatures. But if you can ferment it to little cooler this yeast strain ferments well like when we when we make summer honey and trout slayer we'll ferment it at 60 degrees fahrenheit and it does just fine at that um i i feel like with that you don't get as many of the fruity esters you get kind of a softer Mm -hmm. uh presence from the yeast and treats the hops a little bit better Mm -hmm. but um you know now we're getting into some we could talk about that all day. Start talking about the water chemistry and all that stuff. But well, uh, uh, that was one of the things I was going to ask you: is do you do a, a water treatment uh, or what? What's uh, no, we don't. Kind of like? No, we what don't. Kind of our water's pretty fairly a little bit on the hard side, and so it's suitable for brewing the those uh, darker ales. Um, but when we do the lighter beers that that, we're, that are more exposed. Um, and when I say that, I mean the there's more of a chance for a harsh bitterness to come out with a hop or something like that. Um, then we'll treat the water to <laughs> soften it up. But for moose drill, no. Mm-hmm. Um, so if your water's fairly hard, then yeah, then you're okay there. But you would know, you know, if something doesn't taste right and you've done everything else, then maybe that would be the time to think about doing something with the water but that's about the last thing I would worry about okay great any other tips for uh, making uh, as great a beer as uh, Moostrel no I mean I I guess I was just going to say if you do have the temperature controller you have the ability to ferment it at say Mm -hmm. 66 or 67 degrees I would try that and then when you're close to your terminal gravity you know you see the um the blow off starting to subside a little bit then i would take it out of that environment and put it into a little bit warmer environment to try to get a good diacetyl rest those past those last couple days to really get a nice clean flavor and you know we don't like to have the diacetyl in there at all because it's Mm -hmm. very uh detectable at very low levels and and uh, yeah, I think it's a definitely take over. Quite a clean beer. There's uh, there's some nice fruitiness, fruity esters from from fermentation and from the yeast strain. But yeah. uh, as far as diacetyl or acetaldehyde or anything like that, it's uh, it's very clean. I don't I don't uh, find any of that in in the product. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate your uh, taking the time to share your. Uh, substantial knowledge with us and uh and some of your secrets on uh on uh, what really is a wonderful beer i think our our listeners are right to uh 
have requested this uh, as one of the, the very first uh, clones we're doing with this show. All right. Well, good luck with it, and uh, feel free to get back to me anytime. Okay, great. Well, hopefully I'll load up the RV with the family, and I'll, I'll come by Montana and uh, get a chance <laughs> to stop at the tap room. We were, we were in Montana, and at the time, I don't think I knew uh, Big, Big Sky. And so, uh, you know, I didn't get a chance to stop. Mm-hmm. But uh, I definitely, definitely will next time I'm out that way. We'll break out the secret stash when you show up. <laughs> Great. Okay. I need to call the wife and tell her that uh, our next trip is uh, Missoula. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks again, Matt. We appreciate you joining us. You bet. Okay, I rolled a 15, and I get a plus two from my yeast starter. Nope, sorry, you failed your roll. Your beer is infected. No way! You had to beat a 24. It's schizosaccharomyces. This sucks! I just failed versus oxidation! Our party is fracked! Doug's the only one left, and his beer is a Berliner Weiss! What's this? A tea party? Hey, this is a brew session, man. Get lost! Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Does your significant other know the difference between an Irish red ale and a Flanders red ale? Do you burp, strizzle, spalt, and fart Y-Yeast 2308? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the socially awkward Patters beer and the sci-fi convention showstopper number eight make 10th level at northernbrewer.com nico listen our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour and after this we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next meeting come on let's get out of here i'm supposed to have more lines i'm the professional hey it's sully and i'm nico and we opened the 21st amendment nine years ago at 563 second street in san francisco just two blocks from giants park to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put yeah. some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Network. <laughs> and now, suck it, tasty. <laughs> Whoa, 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 what's this about? <laughs> so I'm finally on the suck it list, huh? <laughs> now that's what I call a quality uh, quality uh, bit of uh, uh, production. This is quality radio, yes, sir. You would expect nothing less. <laughs> or maybe uh, you would expect less, actually. I, I couldn't resist. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah. that's some good stuff right there. Speaking of good stuff, uh, if I do say so myself. So this was my challenge. And uh, I took this on and uh, brewed this beer, and I brewed it uh, prior to actually speaking to Matt, unfortunately. I got into some email uh, information from him and then brewed it and got some more details later. So I might have changed a few things if uh, if I had spoken to him before I brewed it. We actually called him up during brew day and uh, called him on like a Saturday. He's in the back of the brewery. He's like, what? You know, somebody on the phone? <laughs> Uh, asking questions about IBUs and you know all this stuff. Uh, Chris White was there, and you know uh, Nick Burton, and we're having a lot of barbecue and had a great old day. So I wasn't really paying a whole lot of attention to what I was doing. But uh, during the break, uh, we had a chance to taste all the beers, and here's what we do. 
So, again, we want to make sure that we're doing a, a good job of cloning these beers. When we give these recipes to you, you should be able to brew this, and it should get you awfully close to what the clone brew is. Right. Where if you've drank this beer before and you know this beer fairly well, I should be able to hand you a glass. You should drink it and go, yeah, that's Moostrol. You know, right. if it's side by side, maybe there are slight differences, but uh, you know, you're going to think it's Moostrol if, if, if you drink it. And in order to kind of prove that to ourselves, it's a blind tasting. Now, the brewer knows uh, we've got to have one person pour the beers, but everybody else in the studio does not know uh, which beer is which and is asked to say which one is, you know, the commercial example, which one's the clone brew. You know, if they're widely, you know, uh, even if they don't know, are they too close enough together that you could mistake them uh, easily? Things like that. You know, what are the differences? And then we're going to talk about the differences. So during the break, we tasted uh, Moostrel, and we tasted uh, my clone uh, version of Moostrel. So what's the vote here? Uh, uh, let's start with uh, Tasty. Tasty, what, what, did, what did you say? Do you say we, uh, we clone this? We, we, we met the challenge? Did we brew it? Yes, we brewed the beer, yeah. Okay. It's 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 you know it's not exactly the same, but uh, it's so close that uh, I couldn't imagine it uh, being uh, any change I would make to the recipe to uh, mm-hmm. adjust for the difference. Mm-hmm. There's a little it's... there's a little bit some there's some like uh, body issues, you know, like a little bit mm-hmm. of more body in the uh, in the cl- uh, less body in the clone version maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, so you think it's maybe equipment related? Yeah, or maybe, maybe mash temperature or uh-huh. you know maybe there's there might be some. Uh, some yeast, yeast esters in in the moose drill that maybe you're not getting or something like that. Mm-hmm. But okay. I think when we go through the recipe, uh, and I have notes here about the differences that I saw, we can maybe talk about what a person might do to maybe adjust for that. Mm-hmm. Chad, what did you think? Uh, I basically noticed the uh, the color was a little different, uh, not much. The aroma Very was definitely slight. A, yeah slight difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, brighter beer um, in the uh, moose drill, mm-hmm. uh, but basically. Great beer. I mean, they're so close. Um, so did we? Did we? Did I think we so. do it? We, we cloned it. Absolutely. Okay. Great. Justin. Well, I didn't notice we're, the color. Two for three. I didn't notice the color difference. I thought the color was pretty they're, well spot on. They're pretty close. Yeah, yeah they're close. Um, if you don't hold them side by side, hard to tell. Which. Well, I was actually pretty impressed just with that, without smelling the beer, tasting the beer, just looking at the two side by side. I say that that's it's not easy to do. Mm-hmm. So that was that was spot on. Smelling the aroma of the two, there was a difference, mm-hmm. but still they were so close. There was a little more uh, roast in what turned out to be the actual moustrel. As I'm doing this blind, mm-hmm. just kind of a just in the aroma. So again, mm-hmm. taste again the. Um, the moose was just a little bit richer, and maybe that was the body issues that, that Tasty mm-hmm. was mentioning. Mm-hmm. But I say absolutely cloned. If I had ha- if someone had handed me your homebrewed version, and I didn't have another moose next to me and said, this is moose mm-hmm. I would not have argued with them mm-hmm. a-, a bit. I would have said, wow, great. I love this beer. Mm-hmm. So I say absolutely cloned. Mm-hmm. And I think the only things are the, are the same things that Tasty mentioned was, Maybe there's something to do with the yeast esters or the body there, but mm-hmm. I say that recipe's spot on. Well, and the interesting thing is, uh, when we did this, everybody picked the clone brew as Moostrel. They thought the clone brew was Moostrel when, when asked which one is, is the Moostrel. So uh, I think we did pretty good on this one. Uh, a yeah. couple of things, and I think... Um, uh, you know, I had to, part of it was we're trying to hurry to get the, these shows, uh, these beers done, so we could do our first show on time. So we uh, meet our our commitments to Northern Brewer, and uh, uh, so I did not have yeast on hand. The yeast I had on hand was White Labs WLP002 English Ale yeast, which is a, a Fuller's yeast, right? The same thing as a Fuller's yeast, and. Uh, the the two vials I had for a ten gallon batch were um, they expired in August of '08, and I brewed this in February. So uh, I went ahead and made a starter, uh, you know, like the night before. <laughs> I was going to brew, and I found out at the last minute. 
and there was no activity whatsoever until the day of brewing. I started to see the thing cloud up and all this, and and it was uh, it looked like the yeast was starting to grow, and there was some yeast there, but definitely not as much as I would have normally pitched, I think. Uh, and I think that may have had some effects. Uh, but I did get uh, Chris White's approval. <laughs> I said, oh, so, Chris, okay. what do you think? <laughs> He's like, oh, it looks like a... You get some yeast there. I'm like, okay, I'm going for it. You know, I didn't give him really a chance to offer an opinion. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. like, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll consider that uh, a, a approval from uh, from the yeast god. And uh, so, uh, you know, that was one thing. I think I, I would have been a little more cautious in my pitching rate. Um, you know, the interesting thing was. You know, so I'm there, Nick's there, Chris is there. I'm busy, you know, making pulled pork sandwiches, bratwurst, <laughs> you know, cheese and crackers, a selection of beers. I mean, it's like, you know, a big time party. So I'm not really paying a whole lot of attention to what's going on with the brew system. And Nick, you know, he's he's doing the best he can, but, um, you know, he's not familiar with the way I do things. My equipment's a little different. So, uh, uh, ended up overshooting the starting gravity by one plate of four points, uh, and the finishing gravity ended up four points higher than you know what Moostrel is. So um, I think it attenuated an appropriate amount. It's just it's actually a much thicker beer than the Moostrel. Um, yeah. I'm not sure where the body difference comes in. No, it's hard uh, to tell based that. off of that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, fermentation wise, I think I did pretty good on fermentation. Uh, you know, my fermentation temperature I started out at 67, and uh, after the bulk of fermentation was was finished, uh, you know, 67 degrees Fahrenheit or 19 degrees C. As the bulk of fermentation was finishing, I ramped up to 70 degrees Fahrenheit or about 21 degrees C. And fortuitously. That's what the guy, uh, Matt Long, said at uh, Big Sky. He says, you know, start out you know, around you know, 66 to 67 and, uh, you know, slowly raise that up towards the end, uh, towards 70, to give it a bit of diacetylrest and all that and result in a real clean beer. Because those English yeasts uh, tend, to, tend to give a bit uh, too much uh, diacetyl at times. The yeast I used was uh, what I believe is the equivalent of the Fuller's yeast, which is uh, White Labs WLP002 English Ale. Uh, the Y yeast product you can use is um, 1968 London ESB. Should be should be an equivalent. Again, there's an equivalency chart on the MrMulti.com site uh, done by uh, uh, Kristen England. All right, let me let me kind of go over this recipe since we consider this one a this one's a success. This I think it's a, a success too. I, I thought yeah. it was pretty darn close. All right, uh, same recipe formulation metrics that we used in the Jamil show all these past three years. It's a you know six gallons at the end of the boil. Uh, efficiency is seventy percent. Uh, it's the Rager formula for the hops. It's the Mori formula for the color. Fifteen percent evaporation rate. Uh, things like that. Seven gallons pre boil. Right, seven gallons of pre-boil volume. Uh, yeah, seven point uh, two seven. Okay, ninety right. minute boil. Uh, this is actually uh, like a seventy minute boil. Okay. All right, so your your starting gravity is going to be ten fifty two or uh, about twelve and three quarter Play-Doh. and uh, this is going to take uh, about eighty seven percent or ten point eight pounds. Uh, 4.9 kilograms of uh, domestic pale malt, uh, you know, uh, Great Western or uh, Breeze or any of those, uh, uh, domestic uh, pale uh, two-row. Uh, 2.8% or uh, 5.5 ounces of a uh, chocolate malt, about 400 Love Bond, 420, around in there. Uh, that's 156 grams. And then uh, 10% or one and a quarter pounds of a crystal 75 to 80 range color. Uh, that's um, uh, 567 grams. And then uh, two tenths of a percent, uh, a half ounce of black patent malt. Uh, 525 Love a Bond around there, 500 or so. Uh, that's only 14 grams. Uh, but it's an important important touch for this. If you're an extract brewer, instead of the, the pale malt, you're going to use yourself uh, 7.4 pounds of a liquid uh, pale malt extract. That's 3.3 kilograms. Uh, you can use dry malt extract as well. Use whatever's freshest, but you want a, a pale domestic uh, uh, malt extract. Hops, use 1.4 ounces of uh, East Kent Golding's. Uh, at 4.75 alpha acid, uh, 
at 60 minutes, and that's 40 grams, gives you uh, 27.1 IBUs using the Rager formula. Here's the interesting thing. The, uh, the beer itself is measured at 26 IBUs, right? When I taste that, and compare that, and I from from having used the the Rager formula for a long time. When I taste that beer, I taste you know more like thirty IBUs or the low thirties. So when I saw twenty six, I'm thinking that's too low. That's too low. I you know it needs to be a, a tiny bit uh, more bitter. So I upped it to give me um, instead of twenty six IBUs as as Matt had uh, generously offered uh, up in the the interview. I'm targeting about thirty IBUs using the Rager formula. So it doesn't really matter what formula you use as long as you get used to a formula and you know what you're targeting and you taste a beer or you imagine a taste and you know what kind of number you need to reach in order to get it. it doesn't matter. They could use letters A B C D E F G and you want a, a G bitterness. That'd be fine. But, you know, just so you get used to it, stick with one formula all the time. So uh, for, for the bittering addition at 60 minutes, that's uh, 1.4 ounce or 40 grams of East Kent Goldings, 4.75% uh, alpha acid. And adjust up and down based on the alpha acid. Uh, the things you're not going to adjust on are um, uh, 0.6 ounce or uh, 17 grams of Willamette at 10 minutes and 0.6 ounce of Liberty, uh, 17 grams at uh, zero minutes. Now, uh, Matt had a little more complex uh, uh, hop sk- hopping schedule. Uh, I did this based off a of smell. I smelled some some moustrel. I smelled my hops. I compared. I said, "Well, this is what I need." Turned out pretty close, didn't it? Really close. I mean, uh, hops would not be the thing you'd you'd pick out as being different in no, these bears. No, it's a so. Uh, I, I'll stick with this. I think that I think this. You can tweak it uh, more, like uh, Matt saying in, in the interview, but uh, this this worked out. I, I'm very pleased with that. I I was uh, originally had the Willamette and the Liberty switched, and then just uh, sitting there sniffing the hops, sniffing the beer, sniffing the hops, sniffing the beer. I was like, okay, no, no, no. Liberty comes later. There's a, there's a definite Liberty character. If you if you do any of uh, the Anchors uh, Liberty Ale or something like that, that's Liberty hops. And you can you can pick that up in the moostrel. So I knew I needed to have that character there at the end. So that's why I went uh, Liberty at the end. And again, the uh, White Labs WLP002 or the uh, Y East 1968. Uh, let's see, uh, mash temp. I went 154, and that, that I think that worked out fairly well. 154 Fahrenheit. Um, it, uh, you know, attenuation, again, I, I kind of overshot the original gravity and the, uh, you know, attenuation was about the same. So I was okay there. And it, and there really, um, I think for me, there was a very slight sweetness difference with the uh, clone brew being, uh, again, just had a tiny bit more malt sweetness to it. Yeah, in the front, yeah. Yeah, so maybe you'd up the IBUs a tiny bit more. You'd hit your target gravity instead of going off and... Probably a uh, bigger pitch. Is worried, you didn't, yeah. worried about your pulled pork or you'd be yeah. right about the yeast. Yeah. All those things uh, that I definitely uh, messed up on. But even with that, no, for uh, I, think, I think we're no, pretty, that, pretty darn close. No, it's really close, yeah. Okay. Any anything? Uh, any questions uh, based off that recipe? We we got the uh, chat room uh, fired up. A lot of people listening. A lot of interest in this show. We must have gotten uh, you know the hundred different uh, requests uh, by now on uh, different clone brews. So yeah, we we've, we've got scheduled uh, two years worth of shows. Yeah, we've got work to so, do. So there's going to need to be some patience. Although we're not doing them in the order that they come in. That's so right. so don't worry. You know, go ahead and get yeah. those requests in. Right. And uh you know, you never know. Yours may be coming up right away. Yeah. Uh we're we're always looking for ones that uh, are really easy for us to do because you know, we're a lazy. lot of people want to hear about it. Too. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> so in the chat room, how are we doing, Justin? We're doing good. Um a lot of questions just about the format of the show that we're going to cover on tonight's program since uh-huh. it's the first uh-huh. one people uh-huh. want to know. But I did have yeah, one yeah. about the recipe. Um and that was about filtering beers. And this listener knows that Tasty likes to filter his beers. Um, wanted That's to know if you uh, likes to do. if you filtered this one, and uh, what effect would filtering have on the finished product beyond clarity? Well, it will uh, generally filtering will reduce color, and it will um, uh, you know reduce uh, IBUs as well. 
So uh, I might have had to step up the IBUs. It can affect flavor to to some extent as well. Um, but maybe that would have been the color difference that uh, Chad was detecting. Mm-hmm. Was uh, you know the slightly darker would have taken a little bit of color out of it, and that might have actually evened them up just uh, perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, a lot of times um, I just, I just never worry about uh, filtering. Yeah. Well, these English yeast, they clear up so well, it's kind of a, you really don't need to. With yeah, there's quite flocking. That's a good point. Right. Okay. All right, so some show format um, questions. People want to know if you'll be... What the t- fuck are you guys doing? Oh, sorry, <laughs> I shouldn't swear. We don't know, so these questions are going to be hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. harder than making the beers, figure out what exactly. the hell to do with the we, show. Beers we can make, uh, making up answers. Is making hard. beer and drinking it, we've got that down. Yes. Yeah. Uh, will you be taking homebrew examples of this clone on future shows? Oh, from, uh, from so listeners? I guess this probably applies. We could apply this to every show. Uh, you know, should listeners be sending in beer um, after the clone program? Uh, the Brewing Network's stand on that is uh, no. Uh, although it's entirely up to Jamil and Tasty. If you know you guys are interested in seeing how well your constituents are doing, um, you know, we we would do that for you. But as a rule. That would be very, very difficult, I think, for uh, depending on how many people were sending in their clones. But I defer to you guys. Well, <laughs> logistically, it'd be hard for us to taste them on the air because we have the program to do. Not right. We could spend, you know, the first half hour. We can definitely taste them drinking beer. Whether we could cover it on the air, yeah. uh, that's a hard, hard point. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, there's some beers that we're going to, to tackle that we, we that we just can't clone for some reason. Mm-hmm. If somebody out there has a recipe and they think they've got it, you know, nailed, certainly right. we'd want to taste their beer and, and have the Absolutely. recipe. Okay. But we can arrange that on, you know, don't, just don't send the beer, let's prearrange that. Sure, send some emails. Yeah. And, you know, well, that I'm, being said, uh, some of these uh, beers that you guys do, if, if you haven't reached your goal of cloning it, we will revisit oh, the yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah. And that oh, yeah. might be a perfect opportunity for listeners to have sent in their clones, mm-hmm. especially if they felt they've gotten close. So when we do a revisit show, we could have those available. Well, and I'll tell you this, we might even... Uh, if if there's somebody out there that really, uh, you know, once we kind of start uh, getting our, our list of beers together, or if somebody wants to suggest a clone yeah. that they already know how to do very well, yeah. and they want to, uh, uh, you know, be the brewer for that, that clone recipe, then uh, we could do that. We can, yeah. we can work with them, and uh, they could be the brewer, and we could uh, blind taste it here and uh, see how well they did. And that that could work as well. Okay. So uh, there might be opportunity for uh, guest brewers to to jump right in here. Okay, because uh, Tasty and I we're we're a couple of old sad <laughs> sacks. So uh, we got pulled pork to deal with. <laughs> yeah, I gotta I gotta pull my pork, and uh, you know we're not gonna be able to brew them all. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to lean on the younger yeah, crowd here. Yeah, we're gonna have surrogates for that a lot of times. Okay, uh, another question uh, is: Are the recipes going to be posted? somewhere and i think that the answer to that is yes but we're still looking for the best way for us to do that unless jameel has figured it out in the since we've last talked about this yeah there's a thing called a book <laughs> brewing classic styles <laughs> it might be uh an addendum uh can you brew it i don't know um yeah we'll, we'll see what happens uh you know i, th- I think the a, a lot is lost when you just uh look at the recipe mm-hmm. if you um uh, listen to the show, you gain a lot more. So I think we'd like to encourage people to listen to the shows and, and write and, it down. Uh, you know, write it down and, and uh, get the recipes that way if possible. Yeah, because uh, uh, a lot of times people will brew the recipes. I know that uh, from the previous three years, people will go, "Oh, you know, I brewed the recipe, post it here," and it's like, well, you missed out on all the information in the show, which kind of explained how to brew the recipe. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of that ancillary information that's very important. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of secrets that we get from the brewers themselves. And that, uh, you know, uh, some some tips that we might, uh, uh, you know, figure out based on our attempts to clone, clone yeah. a given beer. So I think until we find a way for them to accompany the show... Uh, you know, and the right format to do that. They're not just going to be posted on the forum and things like that, like people are asking. So it, it won't just be there. Um, I think that was it. Uh, another one was about the schedule uh, of of beers that you're going to be doing, and, mm-hmm. and people wanted to know if there could be an, an ahead of time schedule. 
And I think that's possible as we start to accrue and accumulate the, the recipes you guys are going to have to do. Right. But right now, it's going to take a little bit of time, especially because you have to understand you guys are having to do brewer interviews, so it depends on their schedule, right. as well as Jamil and Tasty being able to brew the beer. Mm-hmm. So I think once we kind of get far enough ahead, uh, then we will be able to anticipate what's coming up, right? Yeah, yeah. As soon as we know, uh, we'll we'll be sure to post yeah. that. And then that being said, a, a quick question about schedule was, uh, do we know what clone is coming up next? And yes, we do, right? We do? <laughs> well, we're doing it oh, shit. next hour. We're doing it oh, in 10 minutes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that <laughs> five minutes from now. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, Firestone Walker Double Barrel Ale. Yeah. Sweet. Very tasty beer. After that, we have, right now, we have a handful uh, of about 10 that we know can be done, and it just is going to depend on on what brewer interviews we get Mm -hmm. completed. That will dictate the schedule for the next couple months. Uh, But we will post as as soon as humanly possible. And that's it from the chat room for now. Great. But there are a lot of people there. Don't forget, can you brew it at thebrewingnetwork.com to send in your requests? Well, and don't forget also, if you get a chance, uh, you know, visit the Brewing Network store. Uh, check out what's got there. Got some great uh, Brew Strong shirts, and now we need uh, like Can You Brew It shirts. I think. Mm. Yeah. Just Can You Brew It shirts. Can oh, you brew it? Hmm. Can you brew it? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Could happen. Could happen. I'm telling you, them Brew Strong shirts are flying off the shelves. Flying off the shelf. <laughs> yeah. If you only had some. Um. And then, uh, it's, see, the problem is you get that, that gay red color. That's the problem. I told you not to do red. I told you to do black. I know you did. I know what you tell me. Every, There's every, a lot of things you tell me I don't listen to, Jamil. Everybody, everybody, you know, once you go black, you're never going back. You don't have to read email after email. All you have is black. Everything's black. How come you don't get anything but black? Wow. Oh, so many black shirts. Okay, this is this is quality programming. Get coming here. You're, you're <laughs> dragging down the show. Well, dragging down the show. You're gonna drill me about it. I'm telling you why I chose them. All right, so can we brew it? Yes, we can. Right. Moose drool. Oh, yes, that is brewed in the can. Yes. Coming up next is if you're listening live is uh, Firestone Walker Double Barrel Ale. That's, yeah, we'll hear from uh, uh, Matt Brinelson. That's Tasty's challenge, huh? I'm up for it. Ha <laughs> ha strong, everybody.